Hi, and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And today we're going to be talking about LGBTQ designers. Yay! Happy Pride, everyone! Right. When we're recording this, it's like halfway through Pride Month. It'll be another week or so before it posts. And we just really wanted to take some time to spotlight some of the queer designers that we think are doing really amazing things. Mm-hmm. If you follow us over on the Scratch Supply Co. Instagram, you may have seen earlier this month that we did a designer roundup where we posted some pictures of people and linked to their accounts. And today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking more about them, introducing you to them. Just this kind of a housekeeping note before we get too far into this. Don't worry about like writing these names or anything down. All of this is in the show notes. We are going to link to these designers' Instagram accounts because from there they have, you know, a link tree or just a link to wherever they sell their patterns, whether it's Ravelry or their own website or Payhip or Lovecrafts or whatever, whatever it is. We thought that would be the easiest way to do this. So those are all right there. Awesome. Shall we get started? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. The first designer that we want to tell you about is Anna Campos. She is the owner of Circle of Stitches, which is a local yarn shop in Salem, Massachusetts. And she is also the dyer behind Toil and Trouble. If you get our Cast On Club box, you may have received a skein of Toil and Trouble from us. She did a really good colorway for us. Anna's Instagram is at Circle Stitches. You should follow her. So what she does, she does a lot of socks and a lot of fun, colorful accessories. Her designs are really fun and colorful. She primarily writes accessories and has lots of great sock patterns. And one of my favorite and also happens to be her most recent publication is a triangle shawl called From the Embers. It's got great texture and features some fun little baubles. And this pattern was designed in celebration of Beltane. Anna's stuff is really great. She did a colorway for Cast On Club for us. Moonshadow. Yeah, Moonshadow, maybe a year ago now. It's been a minute. Mm -hmm. And it was gorgeous. Her stuff is just really fantastic. The next designer we wanted to talk about was Malia Mae Joseph, and her handle is at Malia Mae Joseph. She's the founding owner of Stephen and Penelope, so she is not Penelope, Penelope. Right, because Stephen's name is actually Stephen, right. so yeah. She has fun little not clothing things, like she's got a cute little bunting pattern, and I think there was a crocheted scooter, like a Vespa. Like, she's got <laughs> cute stuff. She just released a new pattern this month that I'm a super big fan of. It's a crescent shawl, and it's called Moody Fairy. And it's stripes, and I super love stripes. And each different kind of striping color features different textures. So there are tuck stitches and slip stitches and brioche going on. It's it's like a knitting adventure. So I <laughs> think really it's great. Mm -hmm. Ash Alberg, who's at Sunflower Knit, is the next person we want to talk about. They're up in Canada. They're both a designer and a natural dyer, and they dye using like foraged plants and other materials that are local to them and are very committed to supporting the Canadian fiber shed. Like when they get their yarn milled, it's, it's at small mills close to them. They have a ton of patterns, like a super deep catalog, 
lots of shawls and socks and hats, some of which are designed to work with their own yarn and some of which are not. Mm -hmm. Ash's most recent big project publication, because they've designed patterns and published a number of books over the years, but their most recent one is called Kutch, Finding Ritual in the Everyday. And we had to do a little bit of research here, and we learned that kutch is a Welsh word for hug or cuddle, which A, is a super cute word and really appropriate for this collection because it's all shawls. You are not a Welsh speaker. Um, you might want some help spelling that. Also, it's C-W-T-C-H. Mm -hmm. They have somehow managed to find a word with zero vowels in it, which I think is a special feat all its own. Mm-hmm. This collection features 10 shawl patterns that are written using the nightshades from Harrisville Designs, who you know that we love. They're our neighbors right down the road, and the yarn is gorgeous. And this book also has 18 recipes in it for food and drinks and potions. So it's a great resource for you on your fiber witch journey. In addition to their designs and yarn, Ash does hand salves and other kind of self-care items. So I think it's really neat that they included the food and drink and potions in, in their book. Mm -hmm. What about Michael Green? We love Michael Green. Michael Green's Instagram handle is mdgreen85, and he's an up-and-coming knitwear designer and a professional dancer. And you may have heard us talk about him recently on episode 27. <laughs> We, we learned about Michael's work through Indie Spotlight, and he's fantastic. He's got great accessories that all feature stranded color work, and we super encourage you to go back to that episode and listen to us talk about him and to check out his work. And then Fatima Hines, who designs under the name and handle at Disturbing the Fleece, we got to meet her at Stitches in Atlanta in, I want to say, 2019. I think it was 2019. It could have been 18, but I think it was 19. She does really great unisex and size-inclusive designs. The thing I remember about meeting her is that we had seen her on the convention floor, and I, I did not recognize her at all, but I was, like, spotting the gorgeous sweater that she was wearing from across the floor. Like, every time you would see her through the crowd of people, I would be like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing sweater. And then as it turned out, she designed the sweater, which was like even cooler than just her making an amazing sweater. She does a lot of bold color blocking with like unusual construction to her color blocking and then lots and lots of cables to give like a good structural effect to everything she designs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her designs are really bold and kind of intriguing. We're big fans of her Modcast sweater, the sweater that she was wearing at yes. Stitches United. It's got a great garter stitch funnel neck and dolman sleeves and the collar and the main body of the sweater are one color. And then if you look at the design pages on Ravelry and see different samples people have made, the yoke is either one or two colors because the color blocking is real with this project, kind of knit across the sleeves and the yoke. And there's a cable that runs through and it's just gorgeous and like really different and we love it. Yes. And then, okay, can we talk about the straight as an arrow? They are not socks. I say they're socks all the time. I think I said they were socks on the podcast. You definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> Much like if you have an alias, I will fall for it. If you make leg warmers and then take a picture of them where the bottoms of them are tucked into your shoes, in my mind, they will be socks until the end of time. 
straight as an arrow leg warmers are really cool. And she also has, it's a straight as an arrow or something very similarly named um, hat design also that uses the same sort of like geometric stitch pattern. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I always say they're socks. You could totally make them into socks, by the way, by like knitting vanilla socks and then just instead of knitting ribbing, doing the straight as an arrow pattern. And then that will even additionally mess with my ability to know what is what and function within reality. So Mm -hmm. definitely tag me on Instagram if you do that. And as an aside, Fatima actually has designed a lot of socks. Yes. She has sock (laughs) patterns available. So you could even do a mashup of two of her patterns and get the socks that you are imagining exist. (laughs) (laughs) Another indie spotlight designer, Corrado Lark, who is at Corrado Lark on Instagram. We talked about his designs in that same episode 27. He does design, and he's also an actor and a singer, so... And owner of a beautiful little dog. Right. Okay, Corrado, if you hear this, listen, there was the indie Spotlight panel, and he started the panel with his dog, and then at some point the dog went away, and we never talked about the dog, and that is not the amount of talking about the dog that I am okay with. Send us a message. Tell us about your dog. Right. What is that dog's name? Can the message include picture? It, it should, please. <laughs> So he designs like shawls and tops and hats, and most of his pattern names have like really excellent puns. He's fun. He's just super fun. Yeah. Okay. Next designer is also a little bit a corrections corner. Yes, here we are. The designer that we have previously referred to as Francois Denoy, that is not how you say her name. Nope. Not even a little. Well, kind of a little, but we've (laughs) definitely bungled it. So her name is Francoise Denois. She also goes by Frenchie, and you know her work online as Aroha Knits. Yes. So Francoise, we're sorry that we have repeatedly, every time we talk about your patterns, we have pronounced your name incorrectly. Jessica just found this on um, Ravelry. Yes. I was checking out Frenchie's pattern page, her designer page, and noticed that there was a little speaker icon next to her name, and I thought, huh, I bet that's going to tell me how she says her name and I'm going to learn something. And lo, I did. I learned that we have been pronouncing it incorrectly. So you know what? Thank you for using that feature. It's super helpful. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's a new feature or we just don't see people use it often. Right. It was the first I've noticed. As a designer, Francoise draws inspiration from her Maori heritage and a couple of her recent designs. She just came out with the Hill Country Cowl, which is a DK2 color striped and colorwork bandana cowl, and it has a really cute tassel on it. Her catalog is deep. Yeah, she has so many patterns. She's also a, a coach. Yes. For aspiring designers. She teaches classes and is a great support to the community. So you should check out her work if you're interested. So is Ash, actually. Like to go back. That's yeah. That's right. This is one of the things I really love about the fiber community is how much people who are in this industry want to support other people who are in this industry in developing their skills and like being able to do what they want to do. It's just so great. It's not like Francoise is sitting there going, well, the more designers are in the world, the fewer people will knit my patterns. Like, no, Francoise wants to be helpful. Mm -hmm. This community is 
excellent with knowledge sharing and mentoring and teaching one another. It's beautiful watching our handcraft evolve and grow and expand. We want more people involved all the time. Yes. Speaking of people who reach out and involve other people, what about Maxim Sear, who is online as at Max the Knitter? He's lovely. He's a (laughs) knitwear designer. And he's also, he's a graphic designer and illustrator. So he creates artwork for children's books. And that kind of like bold design sense is really evident in his work. Like it makes one of his pieces kind of instantly recognizable. You may be familiar with him from the For Fox Sake sweater. (laughs) Or once in floral. If you were at Rhinebeck in 2019, there were so many once in floral sweaters, like big, beautiful rose yokes. I think that pattern got low-key unofficially adopted as the official unofficial sweater for the Rose City yarn crawl that happens out in Portland that year. It's a beauty. And then the unbearable hoodie, which is my favorite. It has little bears on it. So cute. Very huggable, like adorable bears. And his most recent design is Hide and Peak, which is a crew neck top down stranded colorwork sweater. And it's got a great mountain motif in the yoke. And I believe he wrote that using Recollect from the Farmer's Daughter Fibers. Yes. It's lovely. Max also hosts a podcast on the YouTube (laughs) with his partner, Vincent, who is also a knitwear designer and dyer. You know him as Dyed by Dells. Yeah, that YouTube is Happy Hour with Lake Arson. They're not afraid to go on camera. They don't wave their arms around like... Oh, I don't know if that's true. They might wave their arms around (laughs) sometimes. And they'll have a little drink with you. It's like a fireside chat. Totally charming. Yeah, it's really great. Another indie spotlight designer, Sarah Kay, whose Instagram handle is at Swanky Emu Knits. She's the one we talked about who does the spreadsheets where you plug in all of your dimensions. A robot writes the pattern that will fit you, except not really a robot because it was Sarah's brain that told the robot what to do. Mm-hmm. It's very much next level size inclusivity. So it doesn't matter what the original design concept is. Like it's very customized to whatever your proportions are based on the numbers that you give it. So it's kind of an exciting new way to approach size inclusive design. Yeah. And her sensibility is very vintagey. So it's her patterns are just great. I don't want to blow up our spot on something that we haven't a thousand percent nailed down the details on, but we've been talking to her about having her on as a guest on a future episode because we really want to talk to her about her process. So I'm going to say if you want to hear us talk about her, go backwards in time to episode 27 and go forwards into time to some future date. Yeah, to some future date and future episode number that we don't know yet what episode number. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Time travel with make good. (laughs) It's fine. What about Tommy Schaefer. Tommy Schaefer is newer on my radar, but it's been designing for a while. You can find them on Instagram at edible underscore chrome. And Tommy is a knitwear designer, but their main profession is managing data and evaluation projects at an LGBTQ plus health center. Oh, awesome. So I feel like the inclination to numbers fits well with Knitting and pattern design. Yes. Tommy designs lots of accessories 
and has a strong color work theme and like color play going on in these projects, which I really love. And the project that caught my eye initially when I found their work was the Nug Cowl, which is kind of a fun botanical pattern that's got some bobbles and it uses spin cycles dyed in the wool. I think the color was Cataclysm, but like lots of greens that are shifting in the color work over these leaves. It's pretty cute. You should check it out. And that's Nug with a K. And again, we're going to link to everybody and you can go check it out because you don't have to remember all these names. No, we make it easy for you. This would be a very incomplete list without mentioning Louis Boria, who you know as Brooklyn Boy Knits. He is an urban knitwear designer and an activist. He's one of the board members on Knit the Rainbow, which is a nonprofit that provides hand knits and crocheted cold weather gear to LGBTQ plus youth experiencing homelessness in New York City. And he's involved in the Hat Not Hate Project, which is an anti-bullying campaign. And one of our favorite patterns of his is the Lonka hat, which is a four-color Fair Isle bulky hat with a pom-pom on it. It's super cute, and you can really play around with your palette, and it's cozy. Good cold weather project that'll knit up fast. Yeah. And then there's (laughs) James Watts. James Watts just makes me happy. For real. Like existentially gleeful. His Instagram handle is at James N. Watts. And James is a classical musician and a knitwear designer. Do you remember how we found out about him? Yes, I do. (laughs) We were at Vogue. Yes. In New York. And we were in the spin cycle booth. And Kate was like, hey, do you follow James Watts on Instagram? And we were like, who? Right. And she was like, go do it now. I think she maybe used the phrase, his Instagram is my happy place. Yeah. It's amazing. She's correct. And we followed him and haven't looked back. He's just great. He's fantastic. Yeah, James's patterns are really kind of playful and eclectic. Like his knits in particular are bright and colorful, but I've seen lots of projects that people have made that use neutral palettes and they're just kind of gorgeous no matter what colors you choose. His patterns tend to be either hats or tops and are really body positive and size inclusive and they look fantastic on everyone. And I think my favorite pattern from him is earth and air. And it's my favorite probably because it's this really unexpected combination of worsted weight yarn and lace weight mohair knit as two color brioche, not held double. So it's this very kind of like ethereal glowy fabric that's sort of thick and thin. And if you look through projects that people have made, if they choose similar and dark colors. It looks like very solid fabric, but if they're using very light colors or high contrast things, it's got like a very see-through-y kind of mesh thing going on. So you can really play with the aesthetic of this piece as well. Yeah. And by no means is this an exhaustive list of LGBTQ plus designers in our community. There are so many people out there There are a couple of really high-profile people that we've left off, just because we figure people already know about them. Mm -hmm. And then, like, okay, we have to talk about Zandi Peters. Zandi's brain is a mystery to me. Like, their designing is miraculous. Yes. If you know any of their patterns, you probably know the fox paws, which is like a big rectangle wrap that is geometric. Yeah, fox paws is, it's kind of like like an Escher piece or something. It's 
these amazing interlocking fox feet and it's kind of like a chevron piece it's just amazing and uses lots of different colors and is i would say a challenge yes it's not have two drinks and be in a room full of people where there's lots of talking going on knitting it's like quiet focused solo knitting time i think very much at least it would be for me so i think next week we're going to talk about some dyers Yes, we're also going to feature dyers. Because there are creative LGBTQ plus people in all aspects of our industry, and we want to highlight them. Mm -hmm. And we want you to go check them out. So don't skip the show notes on these episodes. What's on your needles? Oh, I'm still working on my rift tee for the Shelly Can Threadbare Craft Along. And I am cruising right along. I have gotten past the split hem and I'm working on the body and because I'm short-waisted it'll be like a hot minute before I'm ready to put in my bust starts and finish it. I love it. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your needles, Karen? So I'm still working on my I have to look up this pattern name every time. I don't know why it won't stick in my head. My Dingley Dell mm-hmm. by Isabel Kramer. She is not a designer who particularly like leaves a big story about the name in the notes on her patterns, but I kind of wish she had one for this because maybe then I would remember it. It's probably just that she was somewhere called Dingley Dell when she was designing it. I just searched Dingley on my phone and there's a place called Dingley Dell in Brimfield, Massachusetts. Oh, maybe it's named after that. I'm going to say yes. And then I'm looking at, I purchased one of the Swanky Emu sweater patterns and I'm, I'm planning. I'm planning. That's exciting. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be good. Yeah. But I really need like a warm weather knit right now. So I'm like trying to make some progress on my Dingley Dell. But hey, Jessica, are you ready? Oh, we have a letter. Yay. Who's it from? It's from Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Her question is, could you do an episode on test knitting and designing? I have only been knitting for two years, but every night my mind gets bombarded with knitting ideas. It happens when I fall asleep and in my dreams, too. I have recently started writing down the design ideas that come to me and thinking that maybe I could write them to fit different bodies and sell them on Ravelry. I have never designed a knitwear project that should fit others, and I also have never test knitted. I've heard that it can be stressful. I was wondering if you ever had any experience test knitting and if you wouldn't mind talking about it. Yes. (laughs) Can I just... The patterns are coming to her in her dreams. It's exciting. (laughs) That's so great. Every night. So, Sarah, the answers to your questions are yes and yes. So we... (laughs) We are definitely planning on talking more about test knitting and about pattern design on future episodes. So it probably won't just be a single episode with all of the information mashed up into one, but ideally we'll be talking to lots of different designers and test knitting will be part of that conversation. So keep listening because we have things coming. So first of all, I want to say I think it's great that you're thinking about test knitting as part of your design process, because no matter how well we think we are equipped to edit our own work and identify potential places that need changes, it's kind of impossible. No one can do that, whether it's 
your own personal writing or really anything. Like you need other opinions because you're kind of unable to see things. You can't see all of the things in your own work. So test knitters are a great way to do that. Additionally, I would recommend researching tech editors. There are so many people in our industry who support designers. They're kind of like the unsung heroes of Knit World because the tech editors are the professionals who are making sure that patterns are correct before they are published and available to the broader community. If you just do a Google search for knitting tech editor, you will find websites for people who do this. Also, I think that I'm noticing more and more on Instagram that designers are publicly giving credit to who their tech editors are. So if you're reading designers' posts when they release new patterns, a lot of times they're tagging the tech editor and they're tagging their test knitters to acknowledge them for their contributions to these creations, which I think is wonderful. Well, and I think part of that is the move towards size inclusivity. The more range of sizes that a pattern is designed to fit, the more reliant some designers are on their tech editors to help them make that work out and on their sample knitters, their test knitters, to be a wide range of sizes and, and test and make sure that everything works. Mm-hmm. So I've personally participated in some test knitting. I haven't done a lot of it. But it's a really great process where you are in a pool of people who are supporting a designer by kind of doing the preliminary knits of a project. So you will, in most circumstances, receive a pattern that is like the draft pattern. And hopefully by the time it gets to you, it's already been in contact with a tech editor, if that's going to happen in the process. But you will get this draft version of the pattern. The designer will let you know what kind of yarn they want you to be using. And it might be, please use this specific yarn. Or it might be, these are yarn specifications, like DK weight, or this is for, written for single ply, or whatever their specific needs are. And then you start knitting. You kind of have a deadline because they need to get information from people to make their final edits before they can publish a pattern. And I think that really well-organized test knitting groups have a way for test knitters to kind of contact and talk with each other about things that they're finding, or there's a community access spreadsheet where as you are going through the process, you are plugging in your information and you can see what the other test knitters are adding to that spreadsheet too. So if there's like an error where it tells you that you're doing X number of stitches and the number is off because it's an odd number and it should be even, like you'll all catch that at the same time and see that it's not just you misreading the pattern, but everybody has identified this issue. So yeah, having ways for test knitters to connect is helpful. I know some designers do that in like a private group, or sometimes it's just through the Google spreadsheet. But it's, it's a handy way to connect and learn from each other and give feedback during the process. Yeah, so I would recommend definitely finding a tech editor to connect with and then either talking to them about what options are for finding a good pool of test knitters. There are groups on Ravelry. There's also an Instagram account. They're at Fattest Knits. 
and they will put out a call for testers if your pattern is size inclusive so that you have access to a wide range of bodies who will knit for you. They have guidelines and a highlight about what parameters your pattern needs to meet to be part of this community. So I would say check that out and think about these things as you are going into your designs. As you're finding test knitters, one thing to consider is that some of them will not be able to meet your schedule. You know, life will get in the way, something will happen. So like at some point you want to publish this pattern. So you're going to have to set a timeline. Don't make it a type timeline because, you know, you'll have testers who can't finish on time. But also you may have testers who can't finish on time for other reasons as well. So like get more testers than you strictly need. Don't have like one person per size. You need a range, a range of people. Mm -hmm. And I think hearing that this is kind of stressful, that's just like a people management issue. You as the designer are going to be spending some time doing pattern support for your test knitters because the thing they don't know like if they run into problems with the pattern, if it's been tech edited, they can be pretty sure that it's them not understanding. But it may be that there's just a mistake that sneaked by, right? So if they're running into something and the numbers aren't working out, they're going to need to check in with you and make sure that it's not them. It's a typo or it's a math error or it's a whatever. And you need to be during your test knitting window available and ready to answer those questions and be responsive to your test knitters. And ideally, having a really comprehensive test knitting window will avoid unending forever pattern support for a pattern that's full of errors. This is your intense period of time that you're spending with this pattern to make sure it's really clean and clear and easy to follow versus forever answering help emails. Right. You're getting all of your mistake catching out of the way all at once. Mm Mm-hmm. We're excited to see what you come up with, Sarah. Keep us posted. I want to know what you're dreaming. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark. What are your dream patterns? What do those look like? Amazing things, I bet. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Can we talk about our summer knit-along? Let's tell you about our summer knit-along. This summer, our knit-along is going to take place during the months of July and August. and we are doing a Jessie Made Along. So you are welcome to choose any pattern from Jessie May's catalog, her library of patterns. I'm very much team knit shorts. So <laughs> I'd say knit some ripple butt shorts or any of the other amazing short patterns she has released, but also tops are welcome. It's going to be hashtag make good made along, M-A-E-D along. And that's in the show notes, and we'll be putting up a post on Instagram that has all of the details. Like our past knit-alongs, we'll be randomly selecting a winner at the end of August to win a $150 gift card to Scratch Supply Company. And all you need to do to participate is use our hashtag when you post pictures of your projects on Instagram, and you need to be following at MakeGoodPod and at Scratch Supply Co. to be considered the winner. Right. No expectation that you finish, but also finish your knit so you can wear it. Mm-hmm. But do it on a timeline that works for you. These are like laid back, low stress knit alongs. Yes. And seriously, like follow the hashtags yourself because everyone's projects are so exciting. And I think this one is going to be super fun because it's a wild card. People will be knitting all sorts of excellent things. 
We're going to do an Instagram Live cast-on event on Friday, July 2nd. Time still to be determined because it's a couple weeks out at this point. Mm -hmm. And we hope you'll join us. And we hope you'll have picked your pattern by then and have your yarn so you can tell us what you're making. It's so exciting. Yeah, I actually think because there's such a wide range, my numbers brain, I want to like do a graph of which patterns people choose. I want to know if like everyone knits butt shorts or everyone does crop tops or like whatever. I want to know. We can probably figure that out from the hashtag. Yes. We'll see what they're all making. Yay. They're going to take pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and show us everything. I think that might be it for us this week. So you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. We are all over the place. You can follow us at Make Good Pod. You can send us a Dear Scratch letter at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. We love to hear from you. And get ready for that knit along. It's going to be good. If you want help picking your yarn, you can make a virtual shopping appointment or make an in-person shopping appointment if you happen to be local, and we'd be happy to help you pick yarn for your knit-along project. And by the time July rolls around, I think we'll be open. Open. Yes. So if you're starting after July 2nd, check the store hours before you shop by because we're here for you. That's so exciting. It's wild. Here we go. It's summer. (laughs) We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.